Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical, www.lalo.com. Go there, get yourself some boots, get yourself some of the best workout shoes and hell, even shoes to just wear around of the day. It's all I wear. Uh, use the code Maximus20 to get yourself a big discount. Also, Nidor Performance. Uh, it's a protein of choice for both Joe and I. Mm-hmm. com. Use the code Maximus Podcast for, again, a big discount because what else are codes for? Yeah. So uh, go check out those people, uh, the products we use, products we like. We're not at the point, I don't think, Joe. I mean, well, maybe we are. Um, if anyone wants to write us millions of dollars, we'll sell out. Yeah, sure. uh, write us a, not not write us millions of dollars. What the hell am I talking write about? Give a us check. a big ass check. <laughs> I'll promote anything for a big enough check. But <laughs> the, the products we do, you know, that we promote on here are stuff we really use. So that's true. Yeah, I would say uh, everything's on the table. It's always just a negotiation about price. But these uh, these companies that we mention are are legit. We do use these. That's right. So let's get into the podcast that we've paid our bills, yep. which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I feel good about doing that. Like I said, cause it's stuff we use, I don't feel completely, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Devoid of moral substance. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not trying to say something we don't use, but we have uh, kind of a fun podcast today. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. So Joe, you're going to, I guess I'm just going to let you take over. Okay. Um, you are going to pretend you're on ESPN oh, and that, yeah. Uh, rather than me playing a sport that I have, you know, that nobody gives a shit about, we're going to pretend that uh, winning in jiu-jitsu is like um, winning the NBA championship or the NFL Super Bowl. You're going to ask me questions like this I'm LeBron James, I guess. ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just heard about this, an obscure sports quarterly. Uh, well, first of all, Bobby, congratulations on your big win. Um, so this will be Thank you. officially last weekend, which would be two weekends ago when this podcast airs. So uh, yep. Bobby is the uh, the world champ. Uh, so that is uh, that is important to know. But I think before we even get into what that means or the significance of it, because uh, I do want to talk a lot about the uh, uh, just the experience that you had over the weekend and, and, and things leading up to that. Um, we're talking about sport jujitsu. So, Bobby, why don't you just break down? Uh, you don't have to be super comprehensive here, but um, a lot of folks probably have no idea what a tournament looks like, how it's run, uh, the sport aspect of jujitsu. Like jiu-jitsu. How do you score? Who wins? Is this punching and kicking? Are you just wrestling? Uh, why don't you break it down a little bit in just the, the simplest terms so people can kind of follow along at home? Well, how would I put this? If I was talking to a bunch of people that didn't know or didn't care what jujitsu was, Mm -hmm. I would probably say it was like karate in pajamas on the floor is probably how I would articulate it. Uh, Jujitsu people would murder me for saying that, (laughs) but it's a, it's a, it's essentially a combative sport where uh, it kind of looks a little bit like wrestling. And the goal is to win a match on points or submit your opponent. So the, Theory is every fight goes to the ground, so you're rolling around on the ground in pajamas trying to tap each other out. So picture some like pretty tame WWE shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of stuttered there, WWE. It was so much easier to say WWF. I know, right? Back in the day, but um, 
it's a it's a competitive sport that focuses on ground fighting. And and the one person I reference for this is Hoist Gracie. Yes, yeah, like, a lot. almost everybody's heard of Hoist Gracie. Um, the odd time you'll see on a Walker Texas Ranger, yeah. like a Chuck Norris show, him put somebody in a weird lock on the ground. That's essentially jujitsu. Okay, so I mean to help people understand, there's a large ring. I don't know the exact dimensions of it, but it's a lot of space to use. Uh, and two men start in the middle, but there's one ref on the floor, and I'm, I'm assuming a yep. panel of judges, uh, kind of off to the side, and go. And these guys are trying to take each other to the ground and, and basically wreck each other. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So is this, uh, are strikes allowed? Do you punch? Do you knee? Do you elbow? No, there's no punching, no kicking, no eye gouging, uh, no checking somebody's oil. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely illegal. Um, you're not allowed to grab the balls. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to, you know, anything like that. It's a, ge- it's, it's a it's gentleman's a pretty, sport, everyone. It's a gentleman's sport. It's a gentleman's sport. sport. That's right. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure martial arts is supposed to be this like very proud thing and you earn your belt and you show respect and temperance. I'm I'm pretty sure if my instructors listen to this podcast, I'm I'm getting my belts taken away. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's important to have like a, a translator between the guys that are really hardcore and the rest of of the people who don't understand it. Otherwise, they're never going to meet in the middle. You know what I mean? You need that yeah. middleman to kind of to help build a bridge. You're a bridge builder, Bobby. Yep. And what it what it would really look like is two guys rolling around in it's called a gi is, mm-hmm. is the outfit you wear. But it would look like two guys rolling around in a weird outfit and then you know someone taps out and gives up because they look like they're in some kind of painful hold or choke. Okay. Okay. And you and you said there is a point system to this, correct? Yeah, cuz not every match is going to win by submission. Kind of mm-hmm. like a football game, right? Like right. There's got to be some outcome to end the game if if it doesn't end naturally. Okay. So if you don't tap somebody out, there's points for positions. So the more dominant the position, the more points you get. Okay. And so as you're moving around, the judges are kind of taking notes and scoring points for different things that they see. And then at the end of the fight, if someone hasn't tapped out, they'll go to points to determine the winner. Exactly. Okay. Now, in a tournament setting, how does that work out? I mean, how many people will, will show up? Um, I'm assuming there's lots of different weight classes. Uh, wow, how, yeah. how does that flow? There was at this recent World Masters Championship, there were 7,500 competitors. Jeez. Which is really big. Like, yeah, there's a lot huge. of people. And those are divided by age, weight, and belt level. So your belt level, like if you've ever heard, oh, no, he's a karate black belt or he's a taekwondo black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, a black belt in jiu-jitsu is the highest grade of belt. And there are a series of colored belts underneath that that are supposed to denote your skill level. Sure. So in, in other words, all the blue belts go against the blue belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the purple belts go against the purple belts. The blacks go against the blacks. Um, so, so ideally, you're getting someone that's supposed to be close to your skill level. That's the goal. It doesn't always work out that way, but it should. Okay. So then within each belt rank, they're going to have all the different weight classes. So you don't have a 100-pound yes. guy trying to wrestle a 300-pound guy, for example. Well, that's that's not entirely true because what happens is initially they segregate you by weight class. Mm-hmm. But then if you do well in your weight class, at the end of the day, they have what's called the absolute championship. And everybody essentially fights everybody. Wow. Okay. So 
you could go against a, a, a you know I could I could go against a lightweight, hmm. but initially for the qualification purposes of that, I'm put in my own weight class. Interesting. And and what are the I guess the the heavy end and what's the low end? What could people expect to see as far as weight class? Oh wow, you you could see people that are 125 pounds, and mm-hmm. then you could see people that are 350. Wow, and so it's quite a range. And and I'm assuming men's and women's divisions as well. Yep, men's and women's. Okay, and then uh, like in in a particular rank and weight class, how many people would you expect to fight at a tournament of this size? Oh, I'd say anywhere between sixteen and thirty. Okay, so you could have a lot of fights. So, oh well, I wouldn't fight that many. That's how many are in my category. Okay, and so what happens? Like you might have four matches to win the championship, five matches to win the championship, six matches to win the championship. It's single elimination bracket style. Okay. Um, think your NCAA tournament. Sure. And do Lose your up. Yeah, right. And and do they do any kind of seeding or is it pretty much just random draw? Only for the highest level. For the black belt level, they'll do seeding. Okay. For everybody else, it's just luck of the draw. Okay. And just walk us through kind of what a, ter- what a tournament day looks like for you. Like when does it start? When do you fight? How much rest do you get? Well, uh, fortunately, they're really organized. So you can look online. Uh, the governing body of, of jiu-jitsu, the IBJJF, has this website that you can look on that will tell you when you're supposed to fight. So the World Masters Championships was basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And on the website, it would tell you, Joe, you're going to go Friday at 3 p.m. Okay. So if your fight's Friday at 3 p.m., you don't really have to report till 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, sure. you don't have to be there that early. Theoretically, you could show up at 2.59 for your first match and be fine. Mm-hmm. But depending how fast matches go before you, sometimes it moves up a little bit or sometimes it gets moved back. So their recommendation is be a couple of hours early. You show up, you start warming up, and then when your fight's up, you're you're thrown in and you're good to go. Once that happens, your whole division fights it out. Okay. So it's not like you have a match at nine in the morning, a match at three in the afternoon, mm-hmm. a match next day. It's like your your whole thing is probably done within three hours okay. or two hours. So you might have five matches in, in, in that two hours, and then you're you're done unless you qualified, like I said, for that absolute. They'll have that later in the day. So for me, my weight class was at about 10 30 in the morning till noon mm-hmm. and then my absolute championship was at six at night so you had to kind of so, go back and get get warmed up and kind of start all over again yeah i was hanging out all day just waiting okay and and as we'll we'll see as the story progresses that ended up being kind of a good thing for you um yeah that worked out well yeah um so uh tell us a little bit about uh i guess this event and and what you were doing leading up to it kind of what the plan was and then uh we'll kind of talk through how how it went in your in your regular division you know i'll i'll say this uh i got involved in jujitsu a number of years ago mm-hmm. um it is essential here's where we can be respectful because it's a beautiful art mm-hmm. um the, the fighting in the ufc there's three real components to it there's striking which is like punching and kicking people there is wrestling, which is like the art of taking somebody to the ground. And then there's jujitsu, which is generally regarded as ground fighting. Mm-hmm. So you have to be good in those three areas. I was really good at wrestling, really good at striking, but not so good at the jujitsu portion right. of it. 
And that's how I got into jujitsu to further my, my, my fight career. Yeah. To address a weakness in your, in your own repertoire. Exactly. And, and honestly, I like it. I like all forms of fighting to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, anything that's going to make me a better fighter, I'm, I'm willing to learn. And so I was involved for a number of years. Uh, and then I retired from fighting in 2009. I got knocked out really, really bad. Um, decided to hang it up for a little bit, focus on being a dad, things like that. And about three years ago, I decided to get back into jujitsu because I wanted to be competitive. I wanted to challenge myself. I, I, I wanted to train more in it. And, uh, you know, just kind of see what I could do. And so I started training, didn't know at the time I was going to compete, but, uh, my, my trainers pushed me to compete and I did, and I've been competing ever since. So this really is like the one time of the year that I can go and compete. Mm -hmm. And I've always said that it's important to be fit, but I think to be really fit, you've got to test it sometimes. Right, right. I want to know what's under the hood, yeah. frankly, and mentally, you know, because I don't want this whole thing to be about jujitsu. I, I, I think people for our podcast can learn a lot that doesn't relate to jujitsu because I don't think everyone listening to here this does the sport. Right, right. Uh, the 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 mental crucible you've got to go through to prepare to compete is is quite intense. You know, you there, there, you, you face fears. Yeah, uh, there, there's feelings of elation and and, and also, frankly, disgust or sadness. Uh, at certain points in your career, you, you may have to deal with depression, uh, or, or, or being upset, mm -hmm. sadness, uh, self doubt competing forces you to face all of these things. Yeah, and so sure. yeah. this is like my time of the year that I can like throw myself on the fire, so to speak, or test myself and, and, and practice what I preach. All right. And, and, and I've been kind of playing dumb just uh, just interviewing. Obviously, I, you know, I understand how a lot of this stuff goes. I have an extensive martial arts background. Uh, but I think that's that's absolutely right. It's, it's one thing to show up for, you know, like a martial arts type practice uh, and just kind of go through the motions, you know, and just be involved in it. And, yeah, you can learn some fun stuff and you can have a great time and meet great people. Uh, but it's it's when you sign up for a, for a tournament, when you decide to go compete that now somebody else is bringing their best against you. And the expectation is that you're going to rise to your highest level. Uh, and it's, it's hard. It's really hard because, like you said, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of self-doubt. And you have to learn how to work your way through that. And so you rarely do well your first tournament ever. You know, the first time you ever step onto any kind of competition field, um, there's so much other stuff going on besides even, you know, whatever sport or game you're playing. Uh as you get better and better at dealing with that stuff, you can focus more and more on the sport. And that's why, regardless of what the, the chosen endeavor is, be it martial arts or sport or whatever, it's always amazing to watch people who are at the top of the game because they're so good at handling all that other stuff. And from a training perspective, uh, you can go to the gym and you can, you know, do the beach body workout and kind of have fun and learn some stuff maybe and, and, and maybe get a little bit fitter. But until you actually are forced to bring 100% of yourself against, you know, some obstacle, be it another person or what have you, uh, it's really hard to see sort of where you're lacking. And so there's a, a great courage that it takes to be willing to face one's own weaknesses and then to be able to pick yourself up off the ground if you've been, if you've been defeated and learn how to do better next time. Uh, so I think it was really, really well put. Yeah, the way I explain it to people, it's like a real job interview. Yeah. Like, yeah. Joe, you're a good, you're a good talker. You are articulate. 
You know what you're supposed to say when mm-hmm. till I put you in a job interview where you really <laughs> want the job yeah. and then you're stuttering and you're not sure of your answers. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a performance art, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Same thing. Like, you know, it, 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 it's great to sing karaoke in your basement yeah. where you're playing, <laughs> you know, whatever guitar hero yeah, or yeah. Uh, one of those singing games on PlayStation or the Wii or, you know, sing to Max or Jojo, your kids. That's mm-hmm. one thing. It's another thing to stick you on stage in front of 20,000 people and get you to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. difficult. Like, that's a real thing. You take guitar lessons. Same thing. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. You played a little song for your instructor. Mm-hmm. What if you have to play that song at the Grammys? Yeah. In yeah. front of a bunch of people. Real pressure, right? So yep. for me, competing is a way to deal with that pressure. And and what I, what I tell people is there's a whole industry based on ex-sports stars or ex-athletes giving advice to people in the corporate world mm-hmm. yeah doing speeches being some type of motivational speaker or figure because the tools that you know i would i would need to compete in and handle wins and losses and handle pressure and handle preparation those relate to almost every other area of life yeah and, and, know, they'll, and, and frankly, they'll, they'll pay big money for that too because there's big money on the table Oh, for sure. And and it helps you. I mean, even beyond that, it just helps you feel alive. Yeah. Like when there's when there's a big consequence or you really care about something or you can really win or lose, it it brings out something inside you that, that can't be brought out by just showing up to the gym and doing the same damn routine day after day. Yeah. It actually reminds me of the conversation we had with your wife, uh, episode, I believe, 34. And we were talking about how when she got into powerlifting, like everything just shifted for her. And all of a sudden yep. she was able to get results that she she had been striving for for years. And it was it was really just through that competition. Like and, and for her, I think it was specifically that kind of competition where you're really just going up against yourself. You know, and you're surrounded yep. with a bunch of people who are doing that. And that's kind of what broke her through. And I think everybody needs to try. Try to find whatever that may be that that helps them get that focus because that is, it's just very different than like you said, just showing up and kind of going through the same routines all the time. No, for sure. And put yourself in a position to fail. I've learned mm-hmm. more from failing than, than I have from winning. Yeah, that, That's so cliche, um, but it's also really true. And people yeah, need to but there's that. nothing you can fail at. I mean, you can fail in the gym, but not really. Yeah. Like it's not a, it's, it, you might not pick up a deadlift. You might not row a certain speed, but there's no winning and losing. Winning mm-hmm. and losing takes the whole, failure success thing to a whole nother level yeah yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit about what happened um uh, last weekend at this tournament and kind of where you failed okay so i uh i i showed up um i felt that i was adequately prepared i'll make it clear i don't train this every single day i'm training jujitsu three to four times a week um why i'm not prepared to make it my my lifelong ambition or Mm -hmm. or my lifelong goal i mean between the podcast uh working out which which working out pays the bills if you will um looking after my kids uh writing do a corporate consulting all those other things i just can't do what i did when i was in the ufc and fight two or three times a day right so let me let me make that clear but i felt like i was adequately prepared um i also want to make it clear and i want to i I don't want to put anyone down by saying this but 
I didn't win. I, I won a world championship this weekend, but it's not a real world championship, Joe. Right. Like in, in, in the spirit of being humble, I was the best person on that given day in my age level mm-hmm. and for my belt level. So I'm purple master three. Yeah. So I, I have I have a purple skill and 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 I'm a master three, which means I'm forty to forty five years old. To win a real world championship in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you'd have to be in the adult division. That's where like you know you're fighting twenty three year olds, twenty five year olds, yeah. twenty eight year olds, and you're at the black belt level, which is the highest level in the world. If you mm-hmm. win that, you're a legitimate world champion. Just like, you know, it, it's it's kind of like the Olympics. If you win the cycling Olympics, you're the world champion, I guess. If yeah. you win the 100-meter dash at the world championships or in the Olympics, you're the 100-meter dash champion, but you can't win in some master's track right, right. Uh, uh, the competition. That doesn't take anything away from it, though, because out of 7,500 competitors, 7,500 people did not win. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there might be... 50 winners for the whole day or mm-hmm. 60 winners for the whole day. So, you know, being, being in the, in, in the, in the top 60 or whatever it is out of 7,500 people, that's great. Yeah. Phenomenal. But it's not, it's not a legitimate true world championship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, so because of that, I, I can afford to be a little relaxed too, because I couldn't compete at, at the black belt adult level, only training three times a week. Right. That just right happen so because i'm a master's athlete i get some leeway mm-hmm. but i thought i was adequately prepared i went in uh in, in my weight class i had four fights um i won the first three fairly easily uh and then i lost my final in my weight class which uh shook me a little bit if mm. you will yeah yeah talk talk you about know? that what what happened in the fight you know, I, 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 I almost don't want to tell you, Joe, because I don't want it recorded, like for people to hear, uh, understand that I pride myself on having a strong mental game, mm-hmm. uh, every damn day. I, I always say, uh, on my website, I have a, a saying, a strong mind is a catalyst for change. I'm the first person to tell people never underestimate the ability of others. Don't overestimate yourself. Work hard. Put in your time. Do your homework. All of like the little uh, what's your guy's name? You love him. You're a Green Bay fan. He's like next to Jesus on your nightstand. Um, <laughs> what's his name? There's Vince like a, Lombardi. His little hat. Vince Lombardi. Yeah, him. So, you know, you got, you got your crucifix with Jesus on it, and then you got like a statue of Vince Lombardi. You're a Packers fan. That's what you do. Yeah, and he's always true. got these he's always got these little catchphrases fatigue makes cowards of us all, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, you know, you either win or you learn and there's something that somebody, anyway, you get it right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always the one preaching that stuff. You read my Instagram. I yell that from the rooftops. So my third fight, I fought a guy named Julio Diaz. Uh, God, this guy had to be about 350 pounds. Mm. Um, he has a background in MMA, uh, which means he's really good fighter. You know, one of, one of the things that happens is jujitsu is not that much different from some other fighting arts. Mm-hmm. I may not be uh, a black belt in jujitsu, but I was on the Olympic ladder for wrestling. Yeah, I did submission grappling, which is very similar to jujitsu for years. So to put it in perspective, if you've never 
you don't understand a thing about jujitsu or fighting. I've been doing some type of combative art or fighting similar to jujitsu, if you will, for 17 years of my life. Purple belt would indicate you've been doing jujitsu for somewhere between five and eight years. So I'm probably more skilled in a fight than my belt would lead you to mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, that yeah. said, it doesn't mean I deserve a black belt because the art of jujitsu is about a lot more than competing. Mm, Can yes. you teach moves? Do you know the history of it? Like there's a whole cultural kind of thing, kind of like with you with Taekwondo, Joe. Yeah. I was a really high level. Uh, well, actually, you went through this. You're really good at Taekwondo. Yeah. You could go to a karate school and and beat the shit out of their instructors. Yeah. But that doesn't make you a black belt in karate because right. you don't know anything about karate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. This Julio Diaz guy, he's kind of like me. He's fought MMA. He's got a lot of experience. He had a wrestling background. And to be honest with you, I was kind of scared of him. Nervous, worried, like as if this guy's on my side of the draw. Now the best I'm going to do is is a bronze medal because I'm probably going to lose. And then I'm like, you know, fuck that. I can win. I can do this. But that match to me was the championship. Sure. So I fought him and I won. Well, bad thing happened. I started celebrating too early. Mm. Now I'm thinking I beat the hardest guy in the division. This is mine. The final's going to be a cakewalk. I'm done. I can kind of put it in cruise control for the rest of the day. I've got this wrapped up. Like in my mind, I was heavily favored. Well, how do you think that turned out? Uh, I'm going to say not well. Yeah. Not well. You can't. People are so skilled at these types of things. And especially if the guy's been doing it for at the purple belt level, five to eight years are skilled enough that you can't have that attitude. You're going to, you know, as, as, as some of my friends say, you're going to catch a beatdown. Yeah. So I went into my final thinking that it was going to be a cakewalk and uh, I got choked out. And that was it. I, I, I lost my final. Um, and, and to be honest, Joe, I was upset with it. Not upset with my competitor because he was really skilled and really good. Mm-hmm. Not upset with the refing, not upset with my like preparation before the tournament. I was pissed at myself for letting myself down like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I know better. I just put up a post not long ago about Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Uh, same type of thing happened. Anthony Joshua. Uh, undefeated heavyweight boxer champion of the world looks like a like a greek god carved out of granite Mm -hmm. Uh, olympic champion all this stuff and he was fighting and and andy if you're listening man all due respect but like a short fat dude (laughs) didn't have a good record it wasn't accomplished in boxing but this kid's throwing punches since he was four years old i mean kid he's i don't know how old he is in his 30s but uh it seemed that Anthony Joshua completely uh, underestimated him. And, and, and in that fight, you guys can look this up, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz came out and fucking murdered him. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. You, you could see it in Anthony Joshua's eyes in that fight. Like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. What did I sign up for? Like, I thought I was getting the term for it in boxing is a tomato can, like right. something you could beat on a dent and hurt. And all of a sudden, this dude is like just beating his ass. And he's like, I, that's kind of like what happened to me. The next thing I knew it, I was in real trouble. And the guy was too good for me to get out of trouble. This 
stuff happens to Joe in uh, what they call them is scheduled losses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So your your team Green Bay is really good. <laughs> they, yeah. they they play the, the 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 Patriots who are one of the best teams in the league and they win. They play Kansas City who's one of the best teams in the league and they win. And they're like, we're rolling. We beat the two best teams in the league. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And then they roll into Oakland mm-hmm. or Cleveland yeah, or some just, team just choke. Yeah, that they should destroy. And even though Oakland has not won a game or Cleveland has not won a game, they're in the NFL for a reason because yeah. they're good. And they beat your team. And everyone talks about it. And that's what bugs me. I know not to do that. I, I know better. I know that shit happens. Mm-hmm. I would coach you against that from happening, but I let myself down. Um, but, you know, looking back at it, Joe, because there wasn't money on this, mm-hmm. this wasn't like the, 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 this isn't going to make or break me. Um, I'm kind of glad it happened now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I am pissed, yeah. but I'm kind of glad it happened because it reinforced that messaging to me and i haven't had a message like that delivered well 2009 that happened i overestimated an opponent and mm. um i ended up getting knocked out for five minutes had some seizures some other stuff happened it was bad think i would have learned my lesson then i didn't <laughs> so I, I, I guess i got taught again and luckily this time i didn't get hurt um but but it kind of snapped me awake and, and i was lucky fortunate uh, uh whatever word you want to use that i because I got a silver medal, that was in the finals. I lost. I wasn't done for the day. I qualified for the absolute championships against everybody in every weight class. And uh, that one, I fought three of the best jujitsu matches I've ever fought because I was turned on mentally because yeah. of that loss. So what? What? Where? Where did the switch flip? I mean, at at a certain point, you're you're on the on the mats, and all of a sudden, you realize you're getting choked out, and and you've got to tap, and so you've got this like this flood of what the hell happened? What am I doing? When when did it like when did you actually feel that switch flip? Was it right away? Uh, did it take a little oh, while? What was the process? Immediately. Like if you see my body language when the ref raises the other guy's hand, my body language on the podium, I am pissed. Mm. Like just you could probably zoom in on the picture of Instagram. I don't look like a happy guy. Right. Like I'm let me fight again right now and I will fix this. And and part of that is the more you compete, I don't have to do three days of introspection to figure this out. Right. Like I competed in enough fights right now, I can tell you coming off that mat where I did good and where I did bad. And so right away, flip switched, and it's like, let me fight right now. The next thing I had to contend with, though, is I couldn't fight right then because I had to wait a good yeah. six. Seven, you, you said so. Your your division kind of wrapped up around noon, and you had to, the absolutes didn't start until six. So yeah, so, so my, my my guess is you you walked off the mat, you know had to had to do the the medal ceremony. Which yeah, when you when you get second place, it's painful. I've been there, uh, and, and you get through it, and and I mean you you walk off the mats, you go you strap on your your Lalo shoes. Yes, slam a night or shake, and you just come out and just dominate, right? You know, it's funny. I get what you're doing, Joe. <laughs> you're trying to organically plug some sponsors, and I like it because that's that's what we do, right? That's so, right. you know, but the truth is, I got off the mat, I put on my fucking Lalo shoes, I had a night or shake, 
um, because I needed to eat something, but my mm-hmm. stomach was in knots. And then I went about my day. So, I mean, you're, you're, you're like, you're advertising stuff to sell it, but you're not lying either. Yeah, like, I, just, I, I know, like, I know how you kinda, operate, right? It's kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested in getting this stuff and, and, uh, turning your life around and turning a horribly humiliating, defeating loss, that's your fault <laughs> into a tremendous triumph, then go to www.lalo.com, use the code Maximus20, get yourself some Maximus shoes specifically, and then go to Nitor Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com, use the code Maximus Podcast, get yourself a discount. But uh, yeah, Joe, I mean, that's that's what I did. I, I got off, I got my medal, I put on my shoes, mm-hmm. um, thought about going back to the hotel, had a shake because like I couldn't eat anything else because I was pissed. Well, and honestly, like, you know, and again, not 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 to continue the advertisement, but like one of the things I really like about Night Or is that it is really easy on your stomach, and so you can just slam yeah. a shake. Uh, you're getting a good shot of protein, so you know, like you're going to be okay, but you're not going to be yep. like weighted down. You're not going to be gassy and bloated and all of no. that. So it makes sense. Yeah, but when you're the, when you're angry, it's hard to eat, and yeah. that's that's why. I well, carry and, and, and like you said, and, and there you are. You're focused. You're thinking about the fight. You're not thinking about like, okay, I got to go eat, you know, a full meal and then digest and then and then yeah. start getting ready again. So I'll, I'll tell you the worst part about this. though. I was supposed to start again at four o'clock, but then it's five, and then it's six, and when you're sitting around waiting all day, see that that that, really that, that sure sounds like my taekwondo go. experience. <laughs> Yeah, what you're going to do, it's it's rough on you, and you can't carry that anger around for six hours. No. Like no. it's hard to – and then you start overthinking, and then mm-hmm. you start – so it's, it, it, it was quite an experience. I'm, I'm – like I hate saying I got a silver medal because that's against everything I believe in. But at the same time, like the experience I had of, of losing because it was my fault, I did something that I would – they just detests me mm-hmm. or that I detest because I'm like, that's not who I am fundamentally as a person, um, which I can't even say that anymore because I did this stupid thing. So I guess it is who I am, <laughs> but I, I underestimated somebody. I, I didn't take it seriously enough. I feel like I let myself or my teammates down. There's all these feelings. And then I had a chance to redeem myself, but waiting around six hours to do it was difficult to stay mentally sharp, to retain that focus, to deal with thoughts of what if I lose in the absolute? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's actually funny. I put up a post on Instagram about how I screwed up and came second and got beaten. I have a chance to redeem myself. What if I have to post another loss later? Yeah, yeah. How does this look for my brand? The great Bobby Maximus has, like, been reduced to rubble. How How much did that thought actually motivate you? But it motivated me a lot, honestly. It's like that's why I post stuff. It's like punching my ticket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here, guys, I came second. I got a chance to redeem myself. Let's see if I do it. Yeah, like it just made a good. But but it, it made a. You know, now it's like I'm thinking six hours here of how I'm going to end my story. Am yeah. I going to end this with a loss? What if I meet this guy again in the absolute? He beats me again. That's even worse. That means it wasn't a fluke. That means that it wasn't just my mental state. It means he's better than me. Mm-hmm. I don't like the sounds of that. There's so many things that were going through my head. So it was a really good learning lesson. And that's why I love competition because now I, I can talk to you on this podcast about it. Um, yeah. All the, you know, I can talk to a CEO who's going into a really important negotiation or business meeting and it's all 
the same stuff. Well, let's try you let's know? try relating this uh, to to something like that. I mean, you know, say you're working for a company and you've got a big financial goal and you miss it. I mean, really, you you end up in kind of the same boat, right? You've got a lot of pressure on you. You're you're looking for a chance to kind of redeem yourself and prove your value to the company. Like that that's a hard switch to flip oh, around. And and if I can if I can interrupt, it's a lot more serious too. Yeah, yeah. Because let's let's face it, I I lose, I I go in the absolute, and and just to finish that story for a quick aside, uh, I have three matches. I submit the first guy in about fifteen seconds. The second guy I beat, you know, fairly handily, um, and the third guy I beat fairly handily, and I win my championship, and I go home. Mm-hmm. But you know what changed about my life? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, there's two more medals hanging in my garage, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And and I got a silver and a gold, and, and I could make some social media posts, and uh, I could talk on the podcast about this. But the truth is, Joe – Win or lose, I would have got the social media love anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, win or lose, I mean, maybe this podcast would be better if I lost. Who who knows? But my life doesn't really change. The hard part with the example, the picture you're painting, to me, is like you screw up in that scenario, you get fired and your family like can't pay their mortgage and you're out on the streets. Yeah, like exactly. That's, that's real life, man. This is a this is a competition. I'm lucky to even be able to afford to go to the competition, yeah, and, yeah. and stay in Las Vegas. Like I, you know, you you have a major financial crisis at work or a major meeting or something. You really screw up and drop the ball, man. That's that's like I said, that's real life pressure. That's different. Well, and, it's but, the I, same, but I, yeah, it's same it's, skills. It is, it is, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is like that's the reason why people will pay. To, to have an athlete come in and talk to them about this because yeah, there's, so, there's, there's that motivation and they're like, yes, you can turn yourself around. Yes, you can redeem yourself. You know, yes, these things happen, but the ability to kind of get back on your feet, fix what was wrong and then re-execute is, is huge and, when there's money on the table. Yeah. And think about how common this is. You uh, have a business meeting with your boss. You have a job interview. Uh, you have a first date. You have whatever it is. And you go in and you think you're prepared and then somebody asks you a question you didn't anticipate. Yeah. Somebody asks you to do something that you don't know how to do. You needed to have a skill that you don't have. Well, now you're faced with panic, confusion, fear. like And people do all kinds of crazy stuff under those circumstances. Yeah, for sure. Right? And then, and then you fail. You don't get the job. You get fired by your boss. You look like a fool in front of your coworkers. Uh, the girl you you went on a date with, who you really liked, doesn't like you anymore. I mean, and and and, and listen, maybe that's not that big of a deal, but your feelings could be really hurt. Heartbreaks mm-hmm. are real things. So, you know, there could be some real pain associated with that. And then you got to go on and live your life. You got to go get another job interview. You gotta, you gotta get another job. You gotta have another business meeting. How do you climb back on that horse and not let that scar or affect you? So these, these are all. It's the same set of tools yeah. that you use for these various scenarios. But like I said, that's why I want to test it in sport because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much. It right. prepares me for real life. Even, I mean, I guess uh Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers or quarterback or Tom Brady from the New England Patriots or even LeBron James in basketball yeah winning or losing like people think 
winning or losing the NBA championship is everything. Like it's this whole person's life. But how old is Aaron Rodgers? 32? Yeah, yeah. 33? He's going to retire. So when he retires when he's 40, he's not even like halfway through his life expectancy yet. Great that that's a portion of his life, but he's got the rest of his life to live and and have to figure things out and be okay in his skin. And so I think even at that level for those stakes, um, it's not all about sport for those guys. It helps prepare them for the rest of their life. And I wonder just personally, you know, when, when you're looking at a Super Bowl, when you're looking at an NBA championship or the World Series, you know, there is a ton of money on the table for that. And that's, oh, yeah. that's, you know, obviously very different than, you know, your church league softball game, you know, yep. uh, but winning and losing is still the same, right? Oh yeah. And, and, and again, going back to more of like the corporate thing, I feel like there's, there's more on the table in a corporate setting because like your whole life is in the balance. If you, if you make it to the Super Bowl but you lose, like you still made it to the Super Bowl. You, know, well, you, still, you still got paid the same check. Exactly. Now, better to win? Absolutely. But how much at that point does the money actually motivate? Now, I don't know if it's that motivating, especially if these guys already got you know $30 million in the bank because they've made it that far. And so it, it's just interesting like how, how that scale slides. You know, if I told you, well, yeah. if I told you, you were going to get on my, my church softball league team, and if we win, you're going to get $30 million, how hard are you going to play? Oh, I would cheat, lie, steal, <laughs> right? uh, drug my opponent, uh, <laughs> juice the ball, like and, and, put extra shit in my bat. Like I do everything I could to try and win that. Now, if you already had thirty million dollars, and it was like, yeah, you'll get another million if we win. It's like, uh, you know, I'll go out and have a good time. And yeah, so, I don't even know if I'm getting yeah. out of bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes the money is the motivation. Sometimes it just really isn't. Sometimes it's pride. Yeah, but and and, and the, going back to the jujitsu tournament here, I mean, like for you, you, you got into the sport because it was interesting, it was fun, it was a way to challenge yourself. You know, like you said, you didn't even really intend to get into competition, and so so showing up on game day, like your motivation is is well, I've said it before. Uh, it, this is straight out of Tony Blower's mouth that our our motivation is derived from our expectations. Yep. You know, if you expect to just have a good time. Like you're not going to play the same game as if you expect to win. No, for sure. And and the the the, the I mean to be honest with you in that scenario, I expected to win, mm-hmm. but I I expected it too much. Yeah, which is it's interesting and, to be that like at, at, on a on a pendulum of where most people are and kind of where you've come from. It's it's yeah. interesting to be on the other side of that swing because most people would would show up at a world championship and and be intimidated. And be scared well, and, and not confident. And that's not the I'll problem tell you, here. I'll tell you something funny. I actually had to like check myself because one of my teammates won a silver medal. Mm. And they were psyched about it. Mm. And it really was for this guy a tremendous achievement. He had a ton of good fights. He's, he's worked really hard this year. Last year he didn't win a match. Like, like I'm, I'm extremely proud of him and I'm talking to him and he's like, well, how do you feel? I'm like, fuck this man. You want my medal? This is fucking, I, I hate this shit. <laughs> he's like looking at me like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you know? And, and, and I had to like check myself for a minute because I was just disgusted with it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I almost threw the medal in the garbage. Like oh. I'm done with this. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I was 
big as as I say, big mad. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, Joe, you were just at the house um, mm-hmm. hanging out, you visiting Salt Lake. I was like Max crying and screaming when you take away from it. <laughs> like I was just pissed at the world. You know, like I don't know what the hell is going on, but somebody yeah. better fix this and get me a gold medal right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's interesting because it's given me a lot to reflect on the last three days. Um, because even then, I won the gold medal in the absolute, so mm-hmm. I'm the champion. Uh, my goal was to win. I did it. Awesome. But that gave me a whole host of other things to deal with, too, because now simultaneously I'm I'm dealing with conflicting feelings. I'm really happy I won the gold, still pissed I got a silver in the earlier event. Right, right. Right? And then the battle of, like, which one's better? Like, it was it worse that I got a silver or better that I got a gold? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did I accomplish my goal? Because my goal was to win gold, but not just gold overall. My goal was to win every match. I didn't do that. Um, it's only the third time out of 42 efforts that I've ever lost a jiu-jitsu match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so dealing with that, then there's a long drive home and, and, and having to explain what happened to everybody. And then there's like trying to figure out where did I let myself go wrong? Where did I get overconfident? How do I prevent that from happening again? Then there's dealing with the fact that Monday, life goes on. I'm yeah. back to like nothing ever happened. So there's there's all – because I got to live my little fantasy competition world for a minute. Yep. Now I'm back to reality. So all these things are going through my head. It's given me really a lot to reflect upon and think about. So what's next? Like are, are you are you thinking about – taking competition even more seriously are you like i'm gonna go to jujitsu every day and i'm just gonna dominate or are, are you reevaluating your your training program what's you know, next uh, a, a and b um i would like to go to jujitsu every day mm-hmm. but it, it, it right now it's not the 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 main source of my income yeah and it's not the main source of everything that i do and so my schedule is probably not going to change three to four times a week. I'm good with that. Okay. Um, I would like to compete more because I really want to compete against the best. Yeah. I I want to work up in belt level. I want to learn the art of jujitsu, not just be a competitor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I articulated that earlier. It's no disrespect to to, to anyone. Um, it's just I've been I've been doing this a lot of years without doing belt tests and without. Mm-hmm get the credential so i'd like to put the time in kind of like i'm the guy who's i've read every book i've done the tests but i didn't sign up through the university yeah yeah i want my, I want my degree mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i work i want to work towards that um i want to help my teammates as much as possible um and and next year i want to compete at a higher level and a, and a higher level and then uh just see how far i can push myself you know and and that's what it's about it's about the personal challenge right it's it's less about I mean don't get me wrong I'm pissed that I lost mm-hmm. but the the stuff that I learned from this process that means a lot to me so yeah. I want to kind of continue in that journey and use this like I we're doing the podcast I want to write some articles about it I I want to be able to inspire other people so they can perform well when it really matters in their life and right. and this 
this avenue gives me the, the, the chance to do that. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I like that answer because it does point out what I think one of the most common mistakes is, is somebody would show up to a tournament like this expecting to win, they would lose, and then they would like quit their job and just try to train harder every day. And it's like the reality of your situation is that you, you can't do that. You just nope. can't, you know. Um, you see this a lot with people who get into triathlons where now they're going to try to train two hours every day and six hours on Saturday and keep a full-time job plus a wife and three kids. And it's like, dude, you're, you, that you can't. You can't possibly balance all of that stuff. Nope. And so, so you have to look at the resources that you have available, and time is the one resource that everybody has the same amount of. And so you have to yep. learn how to manage that. And so I think – you know what what you said of you know i'm going to try to go three four times a week and i'm just going to try to do better with what i have i think that's exactly the right approach to this because it's not yeah. you know just just going absolutely crazy towards one goal at the expense of everything else because yeah yep. you could do that but the gym would fail you know your marriage would fail your kids would forget who you are and here you would be with a maybe a, a gold medal around your neck and nobody there to cheer for you well, that's the thing. It doesn't matter that much, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I'm losing my voice a bit, but it doesn't there, – there's not enough high stakes. Now, if you told me I could win again back to your number, $30 million and yeah. make my family financially viable for life, okay, I'll bet on myself. Well, who wouldn't? You Let's know what I mean? It, like, right? what, like what, I, what's the joke? Like you get to pick two other people and you have to fight a silverback gorilla – and if you yep. win, you get eight million each. Like, is that enough money? Yeah. Is eight million enough to fight a silverback gorilla? You know, that is ten. Yeah. Like, well, I fought a polar bear once. I can't see how a polar bears are the the strongest terrestrial predator on the yeah. planet. I don't see how a silverback gorilla would be yeah. that hard. Gorilla I'm getting claws. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make money now um, to see if I can defeat a gorilla. But you know, definitely in that case, I would not be overconfident. Um, That'd be a fight I'd rise to. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, Joe, I mean, you're right. Like, so it's, it's life goes on to a certain degree. And that's a big lesson from all this too. Like when you fail, life goes on. Yeah, yeah. When you win, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I wouldn't want to live the life where you're 10 years from now, I'm thinking about some match that I lost. Right, right. I hope I'm able to enjoy my life. I'm hope so. Like at, at some point, whatever you're doing, whatever your goal is, whatever you're, uh, perceived outcome is, I mean, whatever, I, you know, you at some point have to move on. Mm-hmm. And that's important to remember that your wins and losses don't define you. Right. Right. Your, your, your goals don't necessarily even define you. I think it's what you learn from those wins and losses. And frankly, what you learn in the pursuit of the goal. Mm-hmm. No, they always say that, it's, it's, it's not the destination, right? It's the journey. That's the reward. And that's why, because it, if all you focus on is a destination, it's like what I said before, you may end up winning, you may end up losing, but like you're, you're alone in that and everything well, else is, is turned to shit. But along the way, and maybe this is like, you know, the moral of this podcast, because, because we were talking about, you know, learning the art of jujitsu and learning, you know, the, the, the stuff outside of just being able to win the fights like that's the real value of it. I mean, that's really the takeaway. And and if you talk to somebody in martial arts about, you know, what is the difference between like a, a black belt and a color belt? And my answer always has been black belt is where you begin. Because like by the time you get to black belt, like now you have the vocabulary. You know, now you have you know the moves, right? You understand the rules of of the sport, of the art, 
you know, that defines it. Taekwondo is different than jujitsu. How? You, you need to be able to voice that. And then you begin to grow. You know, and then you begin oh, to understand like how all of these other things come together. And and even in and I don't know exactly how it is in jujitsu, but in, in most of the martial arts I've been involved in, um, the higher up in rank you go, even beyond black belt, like the more you're supposed to be giving back to the community. The more you're supposed oh, to yeah. be involved in, you know, managing tournaments and helping the sport grow and, and supporting teams and teachers and all that good stuff. And so it is, it's outside of an individual, you know, it's not just about the, the personal growth. It's about the growth of a community. Well, and that's, and that's a super important part of why I would put kids in martial arts. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not just about that winning or losing. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's a whole thing about giving back to the community. There's a whole thing about helping your teammates. There's a whole thing about being a good person and what you've learned and different people, frankly, are held to different standards at times. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's about your personal journey. And that's why I think you learn so much, you know? Yeah. Um, and then and then finally, there's the whole, like, to kind of cap this thing off, it's the then what syndrome. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing next? Like, life goes on, man. Like, what? I'm I'm 40 years old. Mm-hmm. What next? Yeah. What next? There's always a what next. I mean, shit, you're 75 and there's a what next. Yeah. What do I do tomorrow? What do I do next week? What do I do five years from now? So I think they're all really important lessons. Well, and, and so, like you said, time keeps ticking, you know, the, the yep. earth keeps spinning and the world moves on because even if your entire life goal was to win an NBA championship, you're going to wake up the next day and realize it's just the next day. You know, it, it's actually, we should end on this note. There's a, there's a guy named Kevin Durant, a basketball player, one of the best in the world. And he left a situation. He played in Oklahoma City to go to Golden State because he wanted to win a championship. And it's funny because he said he wanted to win a championship for the wrong reasons. He really thought that he would be at peace after he won a championship. He really thought that it was to define his whole career. He really thought that it's what he was looking for. And he said he had a horrible moment of like depression, anxiety, sadness, whatever it is. And I'm paraphrasing what he said. It was it was really articulate, though, that the morning after he won the championship, he was like nothing changed. That feeling, whatever he was searching for, was still there. No, no, not not still there. He was still missing it. Yeah, like yeah. it's just like okay, I did this thing that I thought was the most important thing in the world to me. Uh, shit, nothing's changed. I mm-hmm. feel the same. I'm still not fulfilled. What the hell do I do now? Yeah, yeah. Like, and 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 in some ways, Joe, I I always say the worst thing you can do is accomplish your goal. Because then, what do you do? Yeah. Like if you're at lifelong goals, yeah, if your lifelong goals to deadlift 500 pounds and you deadlift 501, what do you do now? Yeah. And so that's why I like to have the attitude of be the very best I can be, beat the person I was yesterday versus having a hard goal of winning something, losing something, getting a title. Because once you get there, you shut down. Yeah. And so what you see in sport is these special people like Kobe Bryant wanted to be the best of all time ever. There's no end. There's no end to that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere still working on it. Right. Like LeBron, if your goal is to just win one NBA championship, what happens when you win one? Are you yeah. finished? Yeah. You know, so um, it, it, it's super interesting. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me about something I love. Yeah. Um, 
if, if you didn't shut it off in a fit of rage <laughs> in the first five minutes, I apologize to the jujitsu people for uh, saying it's rolling around in your pajamas, um, doing something like karate. It, it's kind of an inside joke because people be like, oh, what's what's that jujitsu stuff? Is that like karate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like karate. Like it's, it's what you say to people. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so, so funny. Oh, and I, I want to say yeah. uh, uh, say hi to Elliot Marshall. You might remember him from our Real Fight Talk podcast. But apparently, oh, uh, apparently, story. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he, this motherfucker. This is what's going to end the podcast. So, listen, martial arts—they're really big, Joe, on like decorum. Right. You know this, right? You got to bow. You can't say bad words. You got to keep yourself composed. You're supposed to stay in the mat. You're not allowed to do all this stuff. Like it's it's just like pretty strict would you agree with that yes so apparently there's this rule you're not supposed to swear you're not supposed to like get into it with members of the audience or Mm. whatever so elliot was right at ringside for my fight my first fight that i won and he started saying something to me and i knew it wasn't nice so i got off the mat and i'm like i started walking off the mat towards him like away from the ref they didn't even raise my hand yet i skipped the whole ceremony and I'm like, you motherfucker, come on this mat. I'll kill you again. Just like 2007. <laughs> just yelling at him. And then the ref held up his hand in a fist. And I'm like, oh, shit. Did I disqualified? Elliot started laughing. They took, they took points away from me. It was like, lucky I had enough to win. I'm like, because I almost got you taken out of this whole tournament. <laughs> Like, We'd be having a totally different podcast right now. <laughs> you imagine? He's like, you're a clown. You gotta like pay attention to the rules. And I'm just like getting fouls and penalties because I can't control my emotions. <laughs> so this is uh, this is how I this is how I behave. So, so that was a that, good weekend. That, good weekend. <laughs> good weekend. that would tell you the level of respect I have for like the traditions of martial arts. <laughs> Man, I'm for sure getting my belt taken away now. And my instructors were like, my one instructor was just pissed. Oh. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yelling at me while I'm yelling at He didn't even know who Elliot was. He knows who he is, but he didn't know our association. Right. I'm going to go around talking about it all the time. But here I am like, you know, my poor instructor was probably like, Elliot's going to murder him. Like, <laughs> Elliot's one of the best grapplers ever. Like, my guy's going to die. Am I going to have to jump in and help him? Why is he going to get suspended? Or, like, all this stuff going through his head. And here I am just acting like a jackass, yelling at, like, somebody in the stands. Oh, that's you a know? beautiful moment. That's... <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do? So, all right, Joe, until next week. Yeah.